Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick and I'm the entertainment editor here at Mamma Mia. Finally! And I am Ki Reese. <laughs> I work at Social Squad Mamma Mia's in-house social media agency and I'm so stoked for our official first episode back together. And, I, and I'm sorry I missed our full year reunion. Oh, we'll have to no. have a celebration another time. What's first year? Is it paper? Oh my god, paper. Oh, oh that is so cute, <laughs> my beloved. On the show today, the 2020 Bachelorette has been announced and there's not one, but two ladies looking for love. We explain everything. Hello, I'm Ellie. I'm Matt. So, Ellie, where are you from? I grew up in a country town called Parks. Is this near the Parks Telescope? That's exactly AKA where it's at. Dish. Yeah. And black and white images from Challenge Accepted have been filling up our Instagram feeds this week. So what is the challenge and what is it trying to achieve? Live from Los Angeles, it's the 71st Emmy. But to kick off the show today, the 2020 Emmy nominations were announced overnight with SNL star Leslie Jones hosting the live stream event. So last year, Game of Thrones in its final season, along with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, led the nominations. Who is leading the pack this year, Laura Brodnick? Those two shows is why the nominations for this year were so exciting because yes. you had all these big legacy shows that had finally finished their run and they had cleared the way for all these new exciting shows and actors and actresses to come up. And we've seen that a little bit because the most nominated show with 26 Emmy nominations is Watchmen. Wow. One of the most critically acclaimed shows of last year and one of my absolute favourites. And it's a superhero drama. So this is okay. a win for me and my people. That so that's is so very exciting. True. The recognition it deserves. Yes. Uh, and also another kind of wildcard entry is Schitt's Creek with 15 Emmy nominations for so its good. final season for a little show that got no critical acclaim, no award nominations. Changed and networks any as well. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Until it kind of got picked up by Netflix and got this bigger international audience, it never got any kind of accolades like that. So to see it kind of go out with a bang like this is very exciting. I was pretty excited about a couple of shows that we love here on the pod, mm. which was Normal People. So Paul Mezcal was nominated for his role as Connell and they also picked up a nomination for Outstanding Directing, Writing and Casting for a limited series. So that's, I think, on everyone's list of watch shows over COVID. And then Zendaya, she got her first ever Emmy nominations for Euphoria, which is a show you and I both loved. And she did that for Lead Actress in a Drama Series. So she's up against a very long list of accomplished actresses. Jennifer Aniston, Olivia Colman, Jodie Comer, Laura Linney, Sandra Oh. So I'm really excited to see how that turns out. But on the flip side of that, there are some snubs from this year, which they always oh, are. No. Speaking of normal people, Daisy Edgar-Jones not getting any kind yes. of accolades seems like a waste. The other kind of big snub that I was upset about was Unbelievable's Caitlin Diva and Merritt Weaver. So the show got nominated, Tony Collette got nominated, arguably two of the strongest female performances of last year. 
nowhere on the ballot. And yeah, that's so surprising because yeah. that was such a groundbreaking show when it came out. Yeah, it really goes to show that you can't predict these things. And also another big kind of surprise is Reese Witherspoon, who went in with the strongest kind of chance of being nominated because she could have been up for lead actress for Big Little Lies and The Morning Show, and she could have been up for the limited series actress role with um, Little Fires Everywhere, but nothing for her. So That's really surprising. So I guess we'll have to see how it all plays out when the Emmys air. Are you tired of being single? Swiping your way to the woman of your dreams just not really working out for you? Well, that is where I can help The Bachelorette for 2020 was announced today and it's not one but two women but the surprises don't end there because stop, hold the press, the women are sisters. So it's Becky Miles and Ellie Miles. If you remember Ellie's name, she was a popular contestant on Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor last year. And the news is being welcomed by some, others are a bit like, yeah. Where do we even start? Laura, what was your reaction? I mean, I can see why Channel 10 have done this because they were looking for something to shake up this particular franchise. And this is something that we've seen overseas before. And there's always so much interest and intrigue back when the US franchise did it in 2015, I think it was, and when the New Zealand franchise did it last year. But I think for most of us, it just seems like so much was kind of hinging on who Channel 10 would pick for this. This conversation around their choices for this franchise and what people want from this franchise and the direction it needs to go into has been one that's been long before the activism we've seen this year. It's been a conversation that's been happening over the last few years. So I think a lot of people were really thinking that they would make a very different choice to what we saw when those press releases landed in our email inboxes this morning. Yeah, I have to say I'm probably one of those people. Yes. We're coming off the back of of, you know, the first ever black bachelor being announced in the US bachelor franchise. They've already had a black bachelorette over there. We've just had MasterChef. Did we not learn anything from MasterChef that people want to see themselves reflected in what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And nothing against Ellie or Becky. I'm sure they're both no, lovely women. Yeah. The conversation's never about the women in general. No. It's about the franchise. But I think for this, it's like, you know, we've been saying, particularly with the Bachelorette franchise in Australia, that it always seems to be a very particular type of woman, thin, mostly blonde, white, straight, usually on the younger end of the spectrum. And so it's almost like they've taken that and being like, well, there was this problematic image. So instead of giving you one problematic person. Here's two. Here's two. Here's we'll double down two. on the problematic issues here. Like I understand that they want to shake it up because they think it's not going to be good, but even then I don't even really understand that rationale. If we look at the other countries that have done this, which is New Zealand, as you mentioned before, in the US, it didn't really end well. They started out in New Zealand with their first ever bachelorette announced, Lucina, who was a woman of colour. She's also a doctor. You know, in the fourth episode they brought in um, Lily McManus, who was an alumni from a previous season of The Bachelor, which was really confusing. And Lucina didn't end up finding love. Lily did. And then in the US version, they kind of were like, oh, we can't decide who to put forward as our bachelorette. So they put two of them. And at the first rose ceremony, they flipped a bloody switch mm. and the suitors voted who they wanted to date on the series. So yes, but- I know it's a bit different from what they're doing here, but does it really drum up that much interest than it would if we didn't just... You yes, because l- listen to what you just said there. They, both those seasons ended in drama. They ended in you headlines. So right. They put these two women together because notice they've never done it in the Bachelor franchise. They never have two men. No, they're not going to because they'll just be bros. Yeah, exactly. They'll just have a bro code and they'll be like pitting the women. It's this continuing narrative of having the idea that two women will always fight over a man, that two women can't coexist as leading ladies in a romantic show. It's just 
tapping into that kind of old school way of thinking. Yeah, and it's just it's also a bit fetishy for me. This idea right. of two women fighting for one man. This is a franchise that's arguably watched by mostly women. I want to see one woman find her man. Yeah. I don't want to see some guy's fantasy play out on screens <laughs> who was sitting in a pitch meeting at Channel 10 being like, we're going to put two ladies in there. That's what we need. <laughs> Let them fight it out. Can I say, though, just on the flip side of this, the other thing to kind of take into consideration here is that even though you and I both know this is a problematic choice for many reasons, if there's anything we know as being content creators and people who work in the media is that what people say they want on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram, what they say they'll watch and what they actually watch in their free time are two very different things. And I think even though a lot of people say, we want diversity, we want this, we want that, data tells us that people still mostly gravitate towards these white-led shows or towards shows with these more conventional love stories. And it's something that's been so Osher Ginsburg live tweets Bachelor in Paradise every night it's on. And it's a thing that's been a really big talking point for him this week because so many people have said to him on Twitter, why don't they have you know more diversity? Why don't they have queer couples? Why don't we have a non-straight Bachelor Bachelorette? And he said, like, I've brought this up so many times, but that's not going to take off in Australia because there's no kind of premise for it to show that it'll work. Like people really still gravitate to this very, what we've seen as like normalized reality TV. And that's what people are watching. And that's what they're tuning in for. And it's the same thing. Like everyone kind of condones maths when it's on, but we all watch that. Everyone condones like white led movies, yet all the box office wins are all fronted by straight white people. So it's like what people say, like they'll share something on Twitter and say like, I want diversity. But when it actually comes time to spending their money, they don't want the same thing. I know, but how will we ever change? that if we don't take a leap of faith and really just trust the process. I mean, we have to be smart and we have to educate people and we have to make decisions that aren't always going to be immediately profitable. But who knows? Like Some of these people that might want the chance to go on there and don't get on just because of their race is pretty grim. And then the people that do get on aren't always the best choices. They don't always end up in love. They don't always end up picking someone. You know, I feel like there's some really great undiscovered person looking for love who would be hilarious and it would end up being a foot in the door for their career into, you know, some kind of form of entertainment off of the back of The Bachelor, which would then spruce up our entertainment industry. It would have so many like knock-on effects for us. But I understand that the data argument is so true, but but I just feel like we have to strive to do better and not always put dollar values before exactly. everything But the else. data thing, I'm not bringing that up as a thing to say we shouldn't do it. I'm bringing up no, thing, a, a thing to kind of say to people like it's not enough just this to like why. an Instagram post. Yeah. Like it's like when you go home, what are you actually watching? Like when you're buying a ticket to something or when you're sharing a show or that sort of stuff, like you can't just turn that stuff off in your free time. <laughs> Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Na, 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 na. 
On Monday, a bunch of celebs started posting black and white photos to Instagram along with the hashtag challenge accepted and women empowering women. At the time of recording, the hashtag stand at over 5 million and close to 3 million posts respectively. But there was a lot of confusion as to how this challenge started. But I was one of many people who were quite confused about the challenge. I knew we were empowering women. I knew we were meant to tag women we were inspired by. But I was confused as to kind of how did it all start and what was it really meant to achieve? Yeah, so it came to most of our attention as these trends normally do because a slew of celebrities started filling up our Instagram feed. So everyone from Jennifer Lopez, Gabrielle Union, Jennifer Aniston was in there, Tracy Ellis Ross, Eva Longoria, Reese Witherspoon started sharing these really beautiful black and white images with Challenge Accepted and talking about the importance of women supporting women, all that sort of stuff. But the thing is, everyone who was posting it kept saying like, I don't know where this has come from or I really didn't put this. And there was kind of this idea that there was no origin to where the story had come from, but it looked like a kind of nice Insta challenge, so everyone jumped on it. Then it's become clear over the last couple of days that it's actually linking back to a movement that originated in Turkey to raise awareness about the high rates of death of women in that country. There was quite an interesting piece done on the New York Times, a real deep dive into it, because people literally had no idea. And we've now landed at this Turkey movement, which we believe is the true origin. But there were so many things thrown out there. Someone thought it was to raise awareness for cancer from 2016. Someone else had said that it was in response to AOC's speech that she did in the House of Representatives of empowering speech after a colleague called her an effing bitch. So it's interesting that it's taken us this long to even get to the origin of it. And the different celebrities that participated in it, it wasn't so far-fetched as to what they'd usually post. So I think that they didn't really think twice about getting on board. But there were some celebs who really did have quite a strong reaction to it, including comedian Eliza Scheslinger, who did a now viral IGTV that just kind of encapsulated what a lot of people were thinking but maybe were too scared to say. Challenge accepted. The challenge of what? Finding a hot picture of you in black and white that we did in black and white so no one can see our wrinkles. I just, I don't get it. I don't see what this does other than prove that you know people who you would hope would tag you. It's just a bunch of like B-list celebrities like hoping an A-lister like listens to their tag. And then for the rest of us, like what are we actually promoting? You don't see men doing this. You don't see like challenging other dudes, just letting you know I'm empowering you. And it's like donate money or, you know, call up a girlfriend or employ a woman but just endlessly tagging so we can put filtered black and white pictures of our faces. Like, what are, what are we doing? I've got to say, I agree <laughs> with a lot of her points because no matter what anyone's intention is, basically what's happened here is that a movement has started to highlight the deaths of women in Turkey and the fact that women in Turkey often open up their social media feeds and see images of women in black and white who have passed away. And this was a way of highlighting those deaths and trying to raise awareness about that. It's now being co-opted by celebrities and influencers to just kind of give this really meaningless almost kind of women support women. And in doing that, here's a really lovely photo of me in black and white. Normally, like, I think there's no judgment on what people post on their Instagram pages at all. And it's a great message, but it does feel very diluted now looking at what the actual message is around it. Well, yeah. And I just think the image choices 
it just ended up turning into a very much I'm promoting myself, which is already what Instagram is. So yes. it's, it's very problematic when we're having these movements. And even the challenge of putting a hot photo up of yourself. Also, can we rethink the word challenge? Yeah, cha- that's not a challenge. Challenge is overcoming something that is difficult. Taking yeah. a, fo- a nice photo of yourself and putting on your Instagram feed isn't quite that. It isn't. And look, no ill will to anyone that posted it. I think that we all get swept up in these things, but I think it's important for us to think and talk about it critically so we're really understanding these things. Like for me, I saw it, I felt uncomfortable, I didn't really know why, I was trying to figure out what it was all about and then I was like, oh, I'm getting triggered because of the black tile thing that happened for Black Lives Matter which was another thing that really started out with good intention but really snowballed into people being like, okay, I've got to post this black square and I've got to join this movement and then nothing else will come of it. So I think the thing here with celebs is that they almost do have a duty of care, I think, to really understand the challenges that they are perpetuating because at the end of the day, if they're going to use that square and get, you know, a million plus likes, it better be something good. Because otherwise they're just doing what they do every single other day. And it is nice, but it's also like highlighting your A-list friends who are awesome. And it's like, "Mm, what about like, I don't know. I mean, I did see some comedians in the States who took on the challenge and decided to post a black and white photo of Breonna Taylor, the young um, African-American woman who was shot in her home um, earlier this year and her family is still seeking justice for the police officers that murdered her. So I thought that that was a good spin on it. But I think celebs should be looking to things a little bit more further. Otherwise, we just end up with all these imagined songs and black tiles and, you know. Just a lot of noise and no action. And that idea of noise versus action is kind of what made me either happy to see it or exasperated by it. It depended on their action. So when I saw saw Wee Spoon and she was like, you know, it's important to lift women up. And I thought, you know, yeah, you've really walked the walk with that. You've got a production company run by women. You know, you've been really careful to make sure there's female writers, directors, as well as having female-led stories as part of your ethos of what your company is about and Eva Longoria has done the same thing with her production company so when I saw those I was like yeah this is a really good reminder of the action that you've done but then when you saw some people just kind of post like a nice airbrushed black and white photo and be like hashtag women support women I just thought that's inaction from what we can see and it's also perpetuating this myth that women are just tearing each other down because like I think for most of us we're like we're not seeing I mean obviously it's still an issue but I think for a lot of us our experience isn't always women just tear each other down yeah and that was kind of making that this movement as well as taking away from the women who had died in Turkey in the original message was also saying like oh we better put some Instagram photos up otherwise those women they'll be tearing each other down all day they can't help it and even people who decided not to post People were saying to them, oh, you don't support women because you're not posting. And they're like, but wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Exactly, And I think also it really highlighted how celebrities and influencers and media people are so much more likely to gravitate towards pretty activism than confronting oh, activism. Oh, I like this. there's nothing prettier than posting a lovely photo to Instagram with a lovely hashtag because it makes everyone feel nice. And that's why I think, you know, I know that people are just kind of rolling their eyes and being like, oh, just let people post a picture like don't pick at everything but we just keep having wave after wave of this like pretty Instagram 
activism and it's not going and away. Look, and if we're going to get hashtags that get up to, you know, millions of posts that have the hashtag on them, I think we need to care more. Again, we're not dissing the ladies or dissing the men, which no men are posting this, by the way, which is another point. Yeah, exactly. I think we just need to think more carefully about things and question what's the motive behind it? Is it actually doing anything? Or should I just like hop online and maybe make a donation to help mm. support women? That's actually tangible. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. We are so happy to have you back, Laura Brodnick. We really want you to rate and review our show. It means that more people will see it and the show will grow and our community will grow. So make sure that you give us a five-star review and leave us a cheeky comment underneath. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.